Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is the one. This is absolutely the one. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. Tell you what, what are you doing for December the 9th? What? what genocide Prevention Day. What are you going to do? How are you going to prevent it? What's wrong with you? Uh, look, I've got massive news I'm going to share with you today. This is news I've been sitting on for months. And I'm finally unveiling it uh, for the first time. Unless you listened to uh, Audio Freaks this morning, in which case uh, you already know. Sorry about that. Coming up in a bit, uh, we've got Mick Wright, and I think I caught and edited out all the swears, uh, which is good news. Um, but yeah, the big news, I mean, the big news is that, um, well, really, I, there may be a bit of you that's thinking, well, why has he restarted the podcast? Why now? Why now, Jake? Um, well, obviously, p- politically, it's a, it's a fascinating time. Uh, but the real reason is that I am about to embark on uh, a, a, an absolutely monumental project. So uh, from December the 19th, I'm going to be on Jack FM uh, doing breakfast for the next two weeks uh, after that. So that's right the way across Christmas um, or Chris Christmas. It's up to you. Uh, I'll, I'll be on Jack FM every morning, uh, I think seven till 10. And then we might move to nine till 12 at some point. Not sure. After that, on January the 2nd, I am doing, uh, I'm so excited, on BBC Radio 4 Extra. I'm going to be doing a pilot three-hour live show. Strong emphasis on comedy. Uh, Every weekday evening for the whole month of January. Uh, It's so thrilling. Uh, It's going to be called uh, Jake Yap's Unwinding. Uh, The idea is it's sort of gearing down across the evening. Um, But it's going to be amazing. We've got some... uh, just tremendous people booked harry the piano friend of the podcast of course uh he's going to be putting in a couple of turns uh we've got some amazing um things that we're going to be doing and and here's why this podcast um has been resurrected is and, and i'm sorry to to have done this to you but but at least now you know and maybe it will make you a, 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 a an excited participant um this is a lab this is where i'm 
sort of experimenting with ideas um, with a view to then taking them forward to this massive show. Uh, I can tell you I'm, I'm going to be doing it. I, I had my first practice uh, in the studio yesterday and it's Scott Mills's studio. Um, and if you can think of any, I want to leave him a little gift every day, just a little token, just a little something uh, to try and endear myself to him. I'm going to leave something on his... The first thing I'm going to leave is a metaphorical chocolate on his metaphorical pillow. Wait, it's not metaphorical chocolate. Uh, so <laughs> um, if you have any thoughts, let me know. Not today at swanburst.com. Uh, it's so exciting and I've been sitting on this for so long, dying to tell you. Uh, and now you know. Um, hey, this podcast alone, I have to say, is doing pretty well. Uh, I'm thrilled that so many of you have returned. I mean, if you're listening, I guess you have. Um, I, I just checked. We've had over 200,000 downloads of this podcast now. Wild applause, ladies and gentlemen. Wild applause. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's where it is. Uh, if you would like to play Celebrity Soup of the Day, uh, I, I want to bed that one in because I'm fighting hard to get that one into Jcap's unwinding on BBC Radio 4 Extra um, in due course. Uh, uh, let me know. Uh, it's not today at swanburst.com and we'll do it at some point next week. Uh, we've got some really nice emails. Uh, we've got some in the dock stuff. We've got some stuff about key changes. But now... Every day the papers pump out the streams of hate. The fifth column's propaganda they will propagate. But who can penetrate the ramparts of the fourth estate? Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy. Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy. Here we go. You ready? Is this now the show? They're, now it's the, yes, now it's the show. the show. He's a jokester. He's a jokester. Heart filled with merriment and love. It could only be Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy. Hello. Hello, friend. Um, what the hell is that? Now listen, what is I'm that voice? hello, that, darling. That's horrible. Hello, love. I feel like that's like a 1970s thing you're doing. There. That's exactly. I was just thinking, it's like a sort of someone who was a star in the 90s. Oh, wonderful times. We it had one. Lionel was there, and well, of course, Rolf. You know, yeah. it's that. Yeah, it felt. I don't know. It felt. What did it feel like? It felt like. A little Russell Harty is what, I, it, oh, what it felt. He was he was more like that, wasn't he, Russell Harty? Yeah, I don't know. Hello. There was something about it. Yeah, Liza, of course. Liza, God, a lovely girl. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, as, as topical think, as ever. I think, uh, yeah. what, what must it be like to be your family? I mean, oh, it's I exhausting. I know it's exhausting. It must be very tiring. They say they're like, oh. And, you know, when I ha when I land on something new, they're like, how long is this one going to last? Oh, yeah. I have that problem too. I yeah, yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 I, I mean, the day you, you read Giles Corrin's back catalogue, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. A, I'm, I'm it was a bad day for your family. You. My pink clarinet. Yes. Do you want me to give it a blow? It looks like a white clarinet from the, in this camera, but there we go. I like it. Thank you. Um, and, uh, you can play that, can you? Well, on a good day. So, um, I'm assuming... Right, sorry. I'm assuming... You're up the O2 later. Uh, why, why would I be up the O2 later? With then? your brother off of another mother... It's a World Cup screening with Dapper Laughs. Oh, Dapper? The old Dapper? The geezer? He's only up the O2 for the World Cup. Oh, mate. You lucky lady. Mate, have you loved the World Cup? I have loved the World Cup. Everyone is so engaged with the World Cup. 
Um, I will. I will say I've uh, not watched a single minute of the World Cup. No. Though I did, uh, apart from seeing uh, the clip of the celebration by uh, by God's perfect idiot Jack Grealish, which was very beautiful. There you uh, go. And, and I like that because he promised. Uh, yes. Uh, the the young young boy with cerebral palsy that he would do that. Uh, yeah. and that's good well done jack Grealish. yes i actually genuinely mean that yeah yeah no i agree uh, yeah i was uh, I, I was happy to see england score a goal the other thing i enjoyed with jack Grealish was they put out a little video um they do this sort of diary th- room thing with footballers and they put a video out where he expressed his great delight and surprise at seeing a camel and how big a camel is and it was just <laughs> sort of beautiful because you just yeah 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 it, whenever you hear jack Grealish talk you think this is a man who, if he didn't have uh, an astounding ability to play football, mm. I worry about what he would do. There would be nothing with it. The yeah. world is a fr- every time he comes out of his house, the world is a fresh new surprise to him. That's beautiful. It, You're right. Uh, so you know, it's good. It's yeah, good. So I, I call him God's perfect idiot. Yeah, I, I, I and I mean that in in the purest and nicest sense. The universe found his role. Yes, I still to find my own. Well. Let's find out what's been tickling your chuckle muscles this week (laughs) with a sideways look at the news (laughs) and a scant glance at this week's headlines. Back on BBC Three Counties Radio. Never again, mate. Sorry. I've seen the internal mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah, go on. Yeah, go Hello. on. Yeah. Hello. What have I been talking about this week, Jake? Do you know? The cheese. You've been talking about the cheese. Of course I've had the thing. Yeah. 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 All right. I was mollified. You Building up to a frenzy. No, you didn't see the light change on my face on this video call. You didn't see me suddenly frantically getting up your brokenbottleboy.substack.com newsletter. I read it. Can you give me I'll a give you details. I'll give you details. Yeah. It was a story details. about someone who uh, uh, the, the police force were gloating uh, because they'd uh, stopped someone from shoplifting some milk. Uh, and then there's a detailed yes, thing about security correct. tags being put on milk and a spokesperson from the supermarket saying, oh, yeah, well, we didn't really necessarily mean to do that. Uh, it's just stuff that gets nicked a lot. And uh, OK. Yeah. So, yeah, that's close enough. Well, you've read the first two paragraphs, and I am I'm proud of you. It's good. We'll get you onto books you don't have to chew in. <laughs> but into quick order. Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, anyway, um, I'm not at all just here waiting for a call yeah. from John Holmes. I got a score of three graylishes there. Yeah, you did. You did. Um the thing is, now people think I'm being mean about Jack. Rich, no, no, right? I know you. Yeah, I know, I know you're really, sincere. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a nice boy. I do. Um, yeah. uh, also, yeah. that fun fact of the week from the news is that the world's oldest cat, uh, according to uh, the Guinness Book of Records, is 26, um, and uh, was born on the same day as Jack Grealish. So there you go, <laughs> Jack Grealish, the same age as the world's oldest cat. Yes, and um, yet the cat is tidier about the house. Yeah. Who's to say? Uh, anyway, back to hard cheese. Right. So yes, Glasgow North Police uh, put a picture on 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 um, post a picture on Twitter of a police officer with his arms crossed, looking very glowering, uh, looking at thirty uh, bottles of frozen milk. Mm. Um, the caption didn't read as I had hoped it would. We estimate the street value of the semi skinned at around twenty five pounds. Uh, <laughs> instead, it said. Uh, 
uh, two people have been arrested and charged for numerous thefts of milk. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's been cut I, with skim milk. Yeah, this is the thing. That, that's the hard stuff. But um, no, w- w- what the issue with this was, it, it, I, I got into a, uh, it was a story in the in the Times uh, yesterday um, about uh, the headline of the story was um, shops crack down on theft of butter. Um, but the, uh, the the premise of the story was growing number of everyday groceries being security tagged to shoplifting increases amid the cost of living crisis. Um, but when I looked into this story, basically this story was built upon previous stories, uh, one in Ma- uh, on Mail Online, the other on Cornwall Live, uh, which uh, the Mail Online was reporting about a co-op store uh, where um, uh, security tags had been uh, placed on washing machine tablets uh, and uh, Cornwall Live was reporting on a branch of Tesco um, in the Cornwall area who had uh, put some security tags on milk. Uh, came out from both co-op and and and, um, and Tesco that uh, they don't generally do this and um, it wasn't a UK-wide policy and co-op had said it's seen no rise in instances of theft. So when you look at this, it's interesting because um, ha- where's the time story coming from? It's coming from other stories, from other papers, and even then, it's a bit sort of uh, dubious. The, uh, uh, um, the Office of National Statistics has said that shoplifting's increased eighteen um, percent year on year to the end of June. So there is there is a rise in shoplifting. So there is growth in the UK. There is growth. There is there is growth. There is something happening there. But the the, the thing that I actually got into about this is this story would would have been a story that I didn't really. I'd have just read and thought, okay, interesting. But what was what bothered me about the story is uh, later on in the piece, um, uh, after a paragraph that ended, uh, paragraph. Yeah, I didn't read that for you. Security measures have raised concern. Uh, security measures have raised concerns on social media that people are so desperate for food they're being forced to steal. However, others, including some people claiming to work in stores, have said that products are often stolen by small-time criminals who then sell the items door to door or in pubs. Right, oh so, yeah, so I remember you then saying, "I've worked in dodgy pubs where that happens, mate." I'm street. So, I'm real. I remember that uh, bit. No. So the journalist <laughs> has, has set up two sides of this this debate on social media, right? But. We then get a colour quote, which is like, you know, um, uh, what you, you put in a story to, you know, uh, here's someone's opinion. Um, right, right, right. But it's it's interest it's 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 introduced like this. One commentator on Twitter discussing co-ops use of security boxes for three pound boxes of Daz wrote, Anyone who thinks shoplifters are desperate people stealing to survive, never been in a rough working class pub on a Friday night, seen them flogging cheese and packs of bacon. So I thought, ah, I want to see who who is this commentator on Twitter? So I, I looked it up. Uh, commentator is a pseudonymous Twitter account using the display name Douglas Bader Meinhof, who sent Classic. a tweet in reply uh, to another person's tweet on October the 11th. So the per- so the journalist wow. writing this has had to really go back and look for this yeah. to find the, the, the yeah. quote that works. It's over a month and a half. And the account that sent this has 35 followers, and at the time of writing, the tweet had one like. So... You can't really say this represents. Um, yes, finger know, on the pulse there. You know, even even a, a, a sort of a, a thing that's picked up a lot of attention or support from others. So I asked Andrew Elson, who's the uh, consumer affairs um, reporter for the Times, said, I, "I can see you've included this tweet for colour, but do you think this meets the standard to be included in a national newspaper story?" And so he told me, he said, I, I presented both sides of the debate that appeared on Twitter related to this subject. I chose the quote for no reason other than it was the most colourful one in that thread. 
you appear to be trying to find a conspiracy theory when none exists. Do you think my article is unbalanced? And the answer, of course, is I do think the article is unbalanced because by introducing this, that particular quote from that side of the argument, it gives the reader the impression that that is uh, the perspective that the Times supports more. Even though the writer mm. claims he doesn't think that at all. It, and also, you know, this is just some guy, right? Yeah. Some person making a claim. But the way it's introduced in the, in the in the newspaper article and in the online version is a commentator on Twitter, right? Yes. It doesn't say a Twitter account with 35 followers. Yeah, a commentator sounds that. quite high status, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's not that I'm saying that the number of followers you have on Twitter correlates to the value of your opinion. Uh, you know, because the counterpoint to that is Piers Morgan. <laughs> um, but this is a problem, a really big problem with national newspapers. Mm. They do this a lot. Um, you know, in, in introduction of uh, just grabbing some some comment that someone has said on Twitter or a handful of comments, many often from tiny accounts which have had no engagement and presenting them as a significant viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the big problem with this story as well, and, and people can... Like, I, I encourage listeners to go and read the actual original time story, which I, I link and um, uh, without the paywall. So you can you can read the full story ah. is that the problem with stories like this is they um, they have an ideology to them. But the people who write them utterly deny yes. that they have an ideology. So when I said, uh, you know, I had this back and forth with Andrew Elson, he said, oh, I feel your criticism is unjustified, shows more about your politics and agenda than mine. I strongly suspect that I'd included a quote only from the other side of the Twitter thread. You would not be claiming my story was unbalanced and would not be making a fuss out of it on Twitter. And that is so interesting to me in the way that it's framed, right? I'm making a fuss because I'm saying, hang on. Yeah. I don't believe your story's balanced. And it's also interesting how this is kind of an irregular verb. You know, mm. he has a view. I have an agenda. He's unbiased. <laughs> I've got politics. Yeah. And that's a big problem when we have journalists. They have this, who have this, feeling that they are um that there's no sense of ideology or bias coming through in their work because yeah. they've said well one side says this the other <laughs> side says this yeah but then you've only quoted from one side yeah that story doesn't include any um commentary from for instance experts at poverty charities sure Th there's this quote from this anonymous twitter account and a quote from an anonymous um supermarket um executive Right. Saying, oh, yeah, this is a problem. Right. Yeah. And of course, Andrew Elson says, well, you know, this executive, I couldn't quote him by name because he's he's being very honest with me. And, and I can accept that, you know, someone in a senior job. Yeah, you take the sources and all that. Yeah. But but there is no voice other than the voice of industry and the voice of someone saying, <laughs> well, I've been in a lot of pubs and I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Now, the thing is, you know, I can pull anecdote out and say I've worked in pubs and drunk in pubs in the past where blokes almost always blokes came in to flog hooky meat or see i told you know, I, to I told you that bit was in the article i did oh, read the whole yeah. article oh, so there ready meals but but here's the thing right there's two things with that one is i can um assume that those that those were stolen right but as someone mentioned to me on twitter the other night uh, they uh, last night they worked um earlier in their career worked in um a power plant right where people were entitled to uh, a pint of milk a day if they worked in a particularly hot area of the plant and what would happen is that um guys that work there would save up their their 
ration of, of, of milk for like a whole month and then go to the canteen, claim the whole ration of milk as they were entitled to, and then sell that milk, right? right. So that milk wasn't stolen and they were entitled no. to that milk. And by they then... sold it to get some extra money. So in And the by then way, it would have been cheese. <laughs> no, they were waiting to get it. Yeah, yeah. No, but anyway, I'm being funny. But anyway, the point... Oh, it's very funny. Thank it's you very much. I'm, I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. Uh, you are a funny guy, yeah, it's a fact. Um, but the point is... What I just said about, oh, well, I've been in pubs and I've seen that happen. That's anecdote, right? It carries my perspective and my politics. It is not a fact and it doesn't... um, You wouldn't present it in the same light is what you're saying. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't offer any um, uh, real insight into what is happening now. Mm. And and also it's very interesting, you know, we're at this point where we know we've got papers talking about the cost of living crisis people really suffering people struggling for money um struggling to feed their families yes and then there's an uptick in shoplifting you know it's clear that there's some correlation there but an inclusion of a quote like that it strengthens this this view that people will have of oh yeah people are just doing it to sell it on and even then even if that's true right and people are stealing butter and milk to sell it on you've got to be pretty desperate to go and you know steal and sell butter and milk Yes. Do you know, what I mean? it's not the actions of a, it's not the actions of a criminal mastermind. Do you know what I mean? No, and it's not not what you'd call big league. Um, I think it's interesting. It kind of raises that question of people are always talking about sort of balance, balance debate, uh, and no one ever talks about proportionate uh, coverage, where you know suddenly a, a very small minority view is given equal airtime or column inches, even though it's not an opinion held or shared as widely as the other view does that make any sense yeah exactly it definitely does and the other thing that is important to say is that while newspapers circulations are in decline and their their relevance and importance is in decline they still are megaphones and the shouts that they take are then amplified by the broadcast media so the simple choice of a color quote like this matters a lot because it becomes an opinion presented in a national newspaper. And if that happens enough, that view becomes a settled view, you know, yeah. and that becomes, oh, this is what people think. And it gets repeated by other people. And then suddenly that is a very common view because people think, oh, well, that's what everyone thinks. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's really it's, it's interesting. But it, it, for me, the thing that really gets me is the uh, more than anything else is the response you get from Chris criticism like this where they just go well i'm very balanced and you're a conspiracy theorist and how could you ever suggest and it's the the thing is i'm not suggesting that he actively went out to write a a a biased article yeah what i'm suggesting is the choice of the color quote um buys in to a worldview that his paper the times generally you know often has which is um to uh make excuses for the rich and the upper middle classes and to you know quite casually cast aspersions about anyone who isn't in that class yes you know and that's that is not um it's much more unconscious than conscious and they hate it when you bring it up because you say hey this is odd that you've done this and they say well yeah i've never done that why would i do that i'm very unbiased yeah 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 well it's sort of That's like it's sort of like if if you've got someone who's a, a sort of a I suppose a media commentator as sort of almost analyst of of contemporary journalism um and a campaigner for for justice for all 
sort of has a conversation with a vegan who says, you know, why would you not extend that sense of equality and, you know, uh, giving agency to the to the voiceless, to sentient creatures? Uh, and then they butt up against the limits of their own cognitive dissonance, Mick. <laughs> well, no, you see, because... Oh, yeah, go um, on, yeah. No, I don't, I don't dispute that. I think there's a very strong argument um, uh, from vegans about uh, about the way um, uh, these industries work. And uh, it's interesting you said that as if I've ever done that. I've never done that. Um, no, I think you have a strong argument there. Obviously, I do. Yeah. Um, so what, what are you going to do about it? What, what, what are you going to do, mate? Yeah, what are you going to do, babe? Babe, babe. What are you going to do? We just love the heck out of you. We've all come here because we love you. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah. But the thing is, I never argue that I don't have ideology or that I don't have a viewpoint. And that this is why I try to do a different kind Good of point. journalism in the sense that I am very transparent about my beliefs and the worldview and the political worldview I come from. And I yeah. think a huge problem with... Um, with a traditional journalism, the journalism that you would find in newspapers is that they honestly do deny that the paper has any kind of um, right. corporate line. Yeah. Um, and also the thing about the corporate line at papers is it, it is correct to say that when you're in a newsroom, people aren't saying, oh, you can't write this, you can't write that. No. It's more ambient than that. Sure. It's like cigarette smoke in an old pub. Or, you know, it's like absolutely in the walls. You yes. know? You're aware of where... Of where, of where the boundaries are. Nobody's saying them out loud. Yes. And that allows them to say, well, nobody tells me what to write. Yeah, but if you wrote yeah. the wrong thing, they pretty quickly make it clear that you did. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's the um, prawns in the curtain pole. Yeah, yeah. You can smell so, it, anyway, but you don't know where it is exactly. Um, uh, that wasn't uh, so, particularly... Top, but, top, hey, top gags for Airbnb. It had a lot of gags in it, so... Um, yeah, I read that one. I didn't. About, what was that um, one? Uh, every, every, everyone's top pal, uh, Sir Keir Starmer. Oh, yeah. He's a lad. So, um, yeah, last weekend there was a big um, Keir Starmer profile in the Times. Was it the I, I kissed the Tory and I liked to. Yeah, the, the, top, taste the top line of... being, I've, yes, I've kissed. I, yes, I've kissed I've the Tory. Kissed the Tory. <clears throat> I've done tongues yeah. and everything. Yeah. which is I some... gave her a Bromley tickle. Which is interesting. This is interesting because basically there is now a kind of a, a fixed structure for how you do a Keir Starmer profile. You say Keir Starmer had a distant father and a mother with chronic illness. They kept donkeys. His dad was yeah. a tool. My dad was a tool maker. Yeah, we never tired of that one. He had music lessons with Norman Fatboy Slim Cook when uh, Norman was still called Quentin. Uh, <laughs> Keir had bit. He was uh, the inspiration for Mark Darcy and Bridget Jones. They keep saying that, even though um, Helen Fielding said many times that he wasn't he right. plays five aside he loves his children and he's very forensic these are the bits you've got to get in there <laughs> so that's it that's the things and then, and his parents took their great dane to buckingham palace on the day he was knighted that one is rolled out so often it's like the equivalent mm -hmm. of a boxing day afternoon showing of the snowman you get it every time <laughs> um so that's I, and i never i was i never got behind that the yes, snowman I've kissed a tory yeah um but done, it, done a lot. Done a lot. Oh, okay, all right. Already <laughs> <laughs> marked down the last edit I had to do. All right, go on. you got to edit that out. You have to edit out a reference to... I don't... I won't get... Don't say it again! <laughs>
2593. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So, yes, you put all the... Yes, very good. All the trips. That's very good. You should do Keir Starmer in 90 seconds. Keir Starmer's policy on... Oh, there's another one. 2609. Right. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this now to see if you have actually edited these out. Of course I won't. I'll have forget- It goes in one ear and straight out the other. 2609. Right. Anyway... Uh- also, well, you'll like it because he makes elaborate vegetarian meals, it says here. Vegetarian is a cop-out, mate. Right. Which, which I thought was very interesting when he says, but elaborate, uh, uh, elaborate yeah, yeah. vegetarian meals. Because yeah. what, what does that mean? It means hummus, it scale, means hummus and tzatziki. Does it make scale models of the Taj Mahal using a range of exotic produce? Or <laughs> is it that he is like every other middle-aged man who's convinced that he makes a mean curry but you must, must be able to handle a bit of spice. Because I, I think that's what he does. Oh, um, no. There's a writer if it's too much. Um, very good. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. thank you. Thank you anyway, very much. Really, it's actually got yeah. jokes in it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Quite a lot of jokes. Um, yeah. I don't do any of them here. No. I just get um, <laughs> to you, really. He's, he's and the... then I'm uh, uh, criticised for not being a vegan by... Uh, <laughs> He's the the chuckle Uh, king. He's the lord of lols. He's (laughs) why every week. week, I had a week off last week, and it was, and and I sort of missed it. So there we go. Well, then they see that's that says it all about you. I was thinking maybe we could do a new feature, right? Oh God. Maybe maybe we could do Corrin Watch. You know, like Spring Watch. Yeah, yeah. You could be, well, you can be YOLO. Why do I always have to be YOLO? You be YOLO. I'll be Chris Packham. It's YOLO. Oh, two, six, six, one. Why do you think your listeners... Um, because they listen with their children. About swear. They listen with their children. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Mick right there. Yes. Great to talk to you. It's Broken Bottle Boy. <laughs> Dot substack.com So much work. Unbelievable. Uh, Pat's emailed, not today, at swanburst.com. Hey, Jake and members of the jury. Ah, yes, it's time for In the Dock. Should we have the jingle again? I can't be bothered. Anyway, he says, in reference to the Godfather trilogy, uh, I defer to my learned friend, Neil, who presented his case far better than I could. Uh, Also, in my opinion, he's spot on with his conclusions. Godfather Part 1 is all right, a bit overrated, I think. Part 2 is very good. But like Neil, I've heard that the third instalment is cat litter, so I've never seen it. Hey, who's knocking cat litter? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Now, here is something, though, to consider in mitigation. The Godfather spawned a whole genre, not my word, of mafia slash gangster films, perhaps the most notable being Goodfellas, which is just great. But here's the thing. Goodfellas led to the creation of what is widely regarded as the greatest TV show of all time. Even as a huge fan of Star Trek TNG, another contender, I have to say I agree. The Sopranos is, for me, without doubt, almost perfection in television. It has the lot. Brilliant writing, great well-drawn characters, deep understanding of family dynamics, and it's fall-off-the-chair funny. Oh, Pat, I'm so sorry, all right? I've watched it all the way through twice, and I'm about to start again. It's the most sublime work. So, Your Honour, the best reason that The Godfather should be revered is The Sopranos, a real gem that never would have existed without The Godfather. I rest my case. You make a convincing point there! Uh, I, I guess that's that's the appeal. That's the court of appeal. Um, the Sopranos, I've seen every episode except the last one. I was completely hooked, and then I didn't watch the last episode. Have you done that with anything? 
I think it started with Winnie the Pooh. Uh, my dad he used to read me Winnie the Pooh, and he wouldn't read me the last chapter of the House at Pooh Corner because he was like, "It's it's very sad," and I, I don't I don't think you know. And then I, I sort of I was frightened of the last chapter, so I never read it. And uh, you know, is that a thing for me now? There's another thing I think where I didn't I didn't watch the final episode, Six Feet Under, maybe something like that. Have, do you do that? Is there anything that you've never seen the last episode of? Let me know. Not today at swanburst.com. Uh, and in the dock next, I think we should have the films of Pixar. Uh, are you for? Are you against? And why? Uh, let me know. Not today at swanburst.com. We'll, we'll assemble the Council for the Prosecution, Council for the Defence. Uh, and yes, I am road testing this as a format. Why? Um Martin got in touch on Twitter a lot. It's at Not Today Pod. He said, uh, "Re songs and key changes. The best writer of pop key changes has to be Nick Kershaw. Check out the analysis videos by Jonas Wolf on YouTube. I will, because I love Nick Kershaw. His songs really stand up. I think. Uh, I saw him on, uh, you know, Top of the Pops, the BBC Four. They do the pops, don't they? Uh, on a Friday night or something. And I was like, I was right to like this music. This was very good music." Excellent musics. Um, also, he sent a link to Pitchforks that you can buy on Amazon. What? Uh, they're called Hayforks. I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting, isn't it, that he could find them and I couldn't. They're watching you, you know. They're always watching you. They're always watching you. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, I've, I've got plenty to do. I need to deal with this uh, counterclaim appeal, small claims thing that I'm going through. Uh, I went to the Citizens Advice Bureau after discovering that it would cost me £5,000 uh, to get a legally drafted uh, rebuttal. Um, I went to the Citizens Advice Bureau in, 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 in Bedford, uh, walked in and said, hey, I've got this thing going on. Uh, and they said, oh, that sounds like it's a legal thing. I said, yes. Yes, that's right. Okay. Oh, um, I was like, what? Oh, yeah, we don't really do that. I said, what? what, what, what? Um, do you work? I said, yes. And I'm like, oh, right. well, you could try another branch. I said, like, what? Where do you work? I said, like, well, I'm self-employed. And they're like, oh. I said, like, why does this... Do, 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 have to be where I work, that I have to go to the citizen. I mean, yeah, it has to be somewhere. I was like, are you saying it has to be somewhere that I have a connection to, to use a citizen's advice bureau there? Yeah. I was like, so it's just luck of the draw what kind of citizen's advice bureau you get as to whether or not you can get legal advice. Yeah. And you can't help. No. Okay, great. Um, I really enjoyed this trudge to the shopping centre. Um, hope you don't get turned into a calendar shop anytime soon. Uh, also, thanks to Martin uh, with the Christmas tat. Have you seen any Christmas-related tat? Uh, he saw a mullets calendar. Maybe we should do a best of the calendars. I don't know. I'm going to go for now. I'd love to do other things, but uh, yeah, I do need to deal with other stuff. And I also need to set a Giles Corrin column to music for coins for John Holmes. Long story. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. And I'll see you on, I'm going to say Monday. Monday? Sure, Monday. This has been a Swanburst Media production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.